Hi everyone, Gary Morris here with a very special show here on the fourth official. Now joining me uh, just uh, one week on from the events of, of Dingwall last weekend, um, from the Jags Foundation we've got Ian McKinnon and we've got notorious uh, YouTube and content provider Blair McNally. Now both Ian and Blair are on to talk about the future for Partick Thistle and what it means for the club having came so agonisingly close um, to achieving promotion back into the Premier League last weekend. Uh, very warm welcome here on to Fourth Official for you both, Jumps. Uh, very appreciate you you giving up your time to, to come and join us. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having us on. It's a pleasure. Um, my keen follower of the Fourth Official, uh, very, very well-known on Twitter, obviously, so it was great to come on. Um, just wish it was better. I just wish we were coming on in better circumstances, obviously, but here we are. No, I appreciate that, Blair. Um, just to kind of start the show off, do you, do you want to talk to the listeners a little bit about your kind of journey and your, your experience as a, as a Thistle supporter? So I actually, well, I've got an interesting story. So, and my granda took me to Farhill. And as soon as I walked up that hill with my granda, I knew that was me. I'm a Thistle fan. There was nobody else I would love as a football club. Um, and ever since then, I've been going every Saturday. My granda, it's, it's like my granda's my best pal. It's a wee thing where he used to come and pick me up on a Saturday, take me to the game. We would park outside months, jump into, had a wee routine, you know, and it, it was it's just an amazing feeling. Um, and... Now uh, he's a lot older, so I actually go and pick him up now. Uh, and, you know, it's it's something that money couldn't buy. And the thing is as well, a lot of people might not know this, but my granddad actually doesn't have a key. He's not got that big of an interest in football. He never has. But the reason he's always went is just because of the social side of it. It's quite emotional, me talking about it, because he's getting older. But it's just, it's an amazing feeling um, just to have that bond and, friendship and that's why I'm a Thistle fan and so passionate now nowadays. No, I appreciate that. Um and Ian, you you're joining us tonight as a, a representative from the the Jags Foundation and I think just to, to give a bit of context as to the kind of the main reason why we've invited yourself on here is obviously in, in the aftermath to, to last weekend and the, the playoff against Ross County. Uh Yourself and the foundation came out with, with quite a, a strongly worded statement with regards to the, the financial implications of the, the future with Partick Thistle having not achieved promotion. And I think off the back of that, it, it was a bit of a call of arms out to the Thistle support to try and kind of mobilise behind yourselves and try and look at ways of kind of raising more funds to, to go into the club. So... Firstly, talk to us a little bit about the, the foundation itself and secondly, um, obviously the, the ramifications of why you came out with, with the statement you did last weekend. Yeah, um, the, the, the Jags Foundation was originally formed um, as the vehicle for fan ownership. Um, obviously Colin Weir um, bought a majority stake in the club in, in 2019 and always made it clear that he, he wanted to pass that shareholding onto the fans uh, free of charge. So that's why the Jags Foundation was set up because obviously at Hearts you've got the Foundation of Hearts at, at Motherwell you've got the Well Society at St Mirren, at St. Mirren you've got Smyza and these are the these are the organisations that, that manage the shareholding um, and essentially uh, own, the, uh, own the club. 
um, the fans can then join um, and, and be part of those organisations and have a democratic say, um, hence the term fan ownership. Um, that didn't go to plan, obviously. Um, this, is, this predates my time in the board, but um, it, it quickly became clear that uh, what uh, Colin Weir's uh, representatives, I mean, what made things very difficult was that Colin Weir passed away shortly after he bought the majority shareholding. Um, and that, and basically his his company, Three Black Cats, um, they basically just, it, it quickly became clear that they didn't want uh, proper fan ownership. Um, and they kept basically denying uh, us uh, the chance to do due diligence on the club. Um, and the reasoning for that was, well, you're getting the shares for free, so you take it as it is. And uh, our argument to that was, well, look, if you, if, if you offer me a, a house for free, um, I'm not going to just take it without having a look inside. Do you know what I mean? It could be like infested rats and all sorts of stuff. So, like you know, getting something for free um, is not really anything to do with it. Um, and also, as well, like we had to make sure that we were in a position to take on the club and and actually run it. Um, and because you know, if if the club was in trouble, um, us taking on the shares maybe wouldn't have been the best thing, you know. Um, it, it maybe would have been time to look for investment or whatever else. But the fact that they didn't want to do due diligence um, that rang the alarm bells right away. Um, so skipping forward to where we are now, there was all sorts of we did raise the alarm bells and we said, look, this looks really worrying to us. The fact that don't want to do due diligence, um, and you know we got quite we got quite a lot of support. I think a lot of people could could see what we're talking about, but we also got quite a lot of abuse. We were accused of being troublemakers. Um, we were accused of throwing our toys out the pram because we didn't get the shares. So I think this this the statement that came out during the week. Um, see, to be honest, it probably wouldn't have been that much different whether we'd went up or not, um, because we had been we had no, we had been waiting for this to come out for a while. Um, we basically gave the club board the new club board time um, and waited till the end of the season uh, at their request. So we'd been waiting for this to come out for a while and. It was complete and utter vindication for us um, that there was financial issues, um, you know, and so, I mean, it, it was a relief to be able to get that out there, that actually we were right. Um, but, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I wish we'd been completely wrong and we had millions of pounds in the bank, um, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of emotion in that statement and, we, you know, we, we recognised that, but um, I think it was called for. Uh, sometimes passion and emotion are called for, especially in football. And I think the response of the fans, um, if you don't mind me saying so, I think the response of the fans shows that we've got the tone absolutely right, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, obviously, you mentioned there possibly that the statement might have been not that different had you obviously gone up uh, following the playoff last weekend. Obviously, being in the Premier League would have brought more finances into the club but at the same time expenses would have went up at the same time as well so obviously I can, can appreciate that the the financial stability of the club especially with a, a sort of fan ownership potential model uh, is vital because uh, there isn't the, the big money anywhere really in Scottish football um, outside of the, the, the kind of big four or five clubs so it's really important for provincial kind of community led clubs like Thistle to cut their own cloth accordingly. So, Blair, you were obviously up at, at Dingwall last weekend, so we don't want to kind of labour it, it too much, but to be 
a minute away from promotion and then going through the, the agony of, of penalty kicks. The last time I saw Thistle before that playoff game was when they played at Ibrox in the Scottish Cup uh, and obviously that proved to be Ian McCall's last uh, game in charge before uh, Chris Doolan came in. So as a fan, when McCall left, what were you thinking in terms of how the rest of the season w- was going to play out? I think I can speak for a majority of Thistle fans in saying that we weren't happy with McCall even. We thought that McCall done an excellent job. And it's not we thought that. McCall done an absolutely wonderful job at Ibrooks especially. However, when you look at the way Chris Dillon had his team set up and the way Thistle played in the playoffs, that was all the evidence that you needed that we did actually have a team that should have been doing better and ended up did uh, perform, ended up performing better. So it was a very tough one. After the game at Ibrox, everybody was very confused because Rangers hadn't been played like that. Rangers hadn't been up, like, played against Ibrox like that like, from a Scottish team in a good while, obviously apart from Celtic. So... When Thistle done that to Rangers, went 1-0 up, I think, for the first time in about, what, 15, 20 years at Ibrox, it was madness. We we came off of the game in a high because I think we could beat two games before that. We could beat off Hamilton and Air, we, we could beat off Hamilton at home, we could beat off a Broth 1-0 at home. And it was, you were coming out of the games like, oh, Jesus, we've got Ibrox next week. And then I remember obviously coming at that game, everybody was raging we get beat, but it, there was confusion from McCall getting beat. But look at the way Dylan set up his team. Dylan, he's went away for two or three years. He's done his training, he's done his homework, and he came in and he's worked absolute wonders with the exact same group of players. I've had Thistle fans coming up to me in the last three, four weeks. This is off camera. Obviously, I do my YouTube and my vlogs and stuff, but they were saying, I don't want this on camera, but they're saying, well, this is the best I have seen Thistle playing in my life. This is 16, 70 year old players, eh, fans, sorry. The best they've seen Thistle play. And, you know, for Dylan to do that in such a short space of time, that's what breaks our hearts so much. The fact that how good we were, I think the stats speak for themselves in that playoff run. Honestly, it was just heartbreaking to to, to blow it in such a short space of time after, after honestly rattling teams yeah and I think that was one of the things watching as an outsider obviously I saw you at Ibrox that day and thinking about it at that time I think you were about 6th or 7th in the championship but the championship is a notoriously difficult league to get out of it for anyone and there didn't appear to be too much between clubs that were say 7th, 8th in the league and ones that were challenging for promotion and all it takes is a bit of a run and a bit of momentum and that certainly seemed to be the case for uh, Dolan and obviously managed to get a few players who managed to find a, a kind of vitriol of form, the likes of uh, Aidan Fitzpatrick who kind of ran into uh, great form over the, the likes of the playoffs and the, the Evergreen by Brian Graham as well, obviously contributing as well uh, and I think to watch it uh, as someone who obviously watches the, the, the Premier League week in, week out uh, as part of my season ticket at Ibrox. It's a team like Thistle that, that you want to see in, in the Premier League because they bring a fan base, they, they bring 
people, whether it's I'll be up to Dingwall, whether it's the Tybrooks for a cup game, but I think outside of probably European games at Ibrox this season, Thistle brought the, the biggest away support, <laughs> obviously without there being uh, any Celtic fans at Rangers this year, and it just shows you how much the, the Thistle support will embrace and, and follow the side all across the, the country. Well, yeah, um, you say that about Thistle support, we actually brought the same as Liverpool, which is mad. Two and a half thousand, and usually I would get the uh, is upwards of 3,000 per game so it shows we've got a very big core support and I think Ian can back me on this where me and Ian, Ian were talking about it Ian used to struggle to get a bus through when there was big problems at Thistle but how much Thistle has grown there's a great feeling about the club a massive part of that is an under-16s go free movement about 10 years 10-15 uh, years ago there was an under-16s go free movement added to Thistle and from that you've seen such a huge amount of fans coming through and obviously they've came with their families from local areas and stuff but you look now and as as they'll call the young team look at the Thistle atmosphere in the playoffs I, I had yet again fans coming up to me saying it's the best atmospheres they've seen it for how we went we went all the way up to Aberdeen you've seen a journalist, well, journalists were messaging me saying it's the best away support Aberdeen have had this year. That was on a Wednesday night, cold Wednesday, think a cold Wednesday night in the winter, you know. And then we went to Ibrox, done the exact same again, and that's all credit to the club. And it shows like we are a club that's on the up, and we've got a huge core support away games this season. We've got supports of upwards of a thousand going through uh, games at Stenhouse Muir, for example. It's just absolutely crazy. And I think, Ian, to can I tack on from what Blair was saying there, um, does the financial situation at the club that obviously you highlighted during the, the week there, does that give you cause for concern going into to the new season, given the fact that you've got the likes of Dundee United, who have obviously came down from the, the Premiership and they're likely to retain a, a relatively decent budget, I, I would reckon, at least for the first time round. And there's some other big clubs obviously still in that league, the likes of Inverness and uh, obviously Queen's Park had a, a great season, fell away towards the end of it. The United as well, who have decent at, at that sort of level. So it's not going to be easy for you to replicate that to chance for promotion again next year, especially with a a big turnaround in, in the, the playing squad as well. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I think the the the, the most agonising thing um, was that we, we all knew um, we all knew before the playoffs started that the league was going to be a lot, lot stronger. So if there was ever a time to get out of it, it was now. Um, I actually think the last two seasons have been huge opportunities missed for ourselves um, just because of how weak the league is. Um, because for the last few years, there's always been a Hibs or a Dundee United or even a Rangers in that league, which in, in, in essence, the league's thrown up before a ball's kicked um, for, for a, a lot of the time. But for the last couple of years that we've been in the Championship, there's not really been anyone like that. I mean, Dundee this season, obviously, they were expected to run away with it, but I think they ended up winning it with 63 points. So you know, there was a clear opportunity there for someone else to come in. And that really should have been us if you look at the squad we've got. And if you look at how we played at Ibrooks and how we played in those playoff games, that really should have been us that was at least challenging Dundee, if not um, winning the league ahead of them. Um, 
But yeah, it, there's no doubt it's going to be a much, much stronger league next season. I actually think that Dunfermline are the ones to watch. Um, they seem to be coming back um, big time. They seem to have um, much better ownership in place. Um, they've always been, they've, like us, they've always been a club that's got huge potential if things start going right. Um, and their fans are coming back. It's a one-club town. Um, so I actually think Dunfermline will be the ones to watch next season. But um, you're right, Dundee United have got to be the favourites. Wraith Rovers look like they're splashing some cash. Queen's Park will probably keep on splashing the cash. So, yeah, like, it's going to be really difficult. Um, and it does look like we're going to have to put together pretty much at least half a new team. Um, so, listen, we're up against it. But, you know, anything can happen in football. If it was all decided on budgets and, you know, size of the club, then, you know, we wouldn't want to play any games, would we? No, absolutely. Uh, one to just... Uh... Before we, we kind of wrap up it and kind of chat, finish talking about Big Dingwall last weekend, uh, I can't not mention VAR, Blair. Um, given that it's something that you, you don't necessarily see at the championship level, uh, but was obviously in effect for those playoff games. And I think it's fair to say that, that there was quite a, a lot of controversy in terms of the, some of the decisions that were made, particularly uh, in the game up at Dingwall. Uh, yeah, you could say that, but personally, I would just think that's making excuses. At the end of the day, if you look at the broad selection of VAR decisions that were made, I actually think most of them are right. You look at Ross Docherty's penalty claim, it's a clear penalty. I'm not going to sit and argue about it. I've cried about it for the past week. <laughs> However, Thistle got the advantage of VAR in the first leg where we got the red card, so you could look at it in that sense of Ross County got the advantage in the second leg, we get the advantage in the first leg. At the end of the day, it's whoever puts the ball in the back of the net the most times and we we, we kind of just crumbled at the end of the day. It's easy to sit here and make excuses and blame VAR, but personally, that's not me. I just don't think VAR is a good enough excuse to say we conceded three goals in 20 minutes. Um, I know it did give the penalty uh, and... <sighs> That penalty is one you could say yes or no. I'm not going to sit here biased at my head and say it's not a penalty because I would be raging. I was raging that it get given against us, but then again, if you're in a big game like that, it can go either way. So VAR is going to take a long time to improve. Look at England, for example. Look at the, the leagues that have had it. You're never going to get perfect decisions straight away. It's it's a teething in um sort of technology you look at goal line technology for example as well that took years to, to work now goal line technology doesn't even get discussed because it's been trained it's been used for so many years where it, people know how to work it and it's just you, you need to be you need to be relaxed in the sense of referees officials it's the first season using it so there is going to be mistakes they're allowed to make mistakes so yeah Yep, um, I think one thing that, that I'm hopeful that uh, maybe we'll, we'll continue going in, into next season as the Rangers do seem to have a, a decent relationship with, with Partick Thistle in terms of being able to send um, some of the, their kind of young developing players over to them. I know last season you had like Sir Cole McKinnon there and previously um, Tony Weston had been involved as well, although he didn't really get much of the game time. But I think that there's potential there for for maybe a couple of promising youngsters to maybe come along and, and kind of beef up your squad and play at a, a decent level. 
because um, certainly I don't think that the Lowland League has got that sort of development opportunity for kind of some of our players, whereas cutting their teeth in what's going to be a, a very competitive league next year might kind of put a few hairs on some of their chests. So um, that might be something to, to kind of watch out for uh, when it comes to kind of building your squad for, for next season. Um, yeah, it could do. The, the problem with that is Ian McCall's obviously left. Ian McCall had the contact at Rangers and the contact from Rangers I've heard is left as well. So I think that connection might might be lost. Um, however, we'll just need to wait and see what happens. If if we do still have a connection, if there, there is still... Listen, you, Rangers have been more than great to us with the players that have given us on loan. Obviously, we've tried our best to try and improve their players. Unfortunately, most of the players haven't lived up to the standard that, that we expected from them. I don't know what the problem is. It seems a lot of players that have been coming from Rangers, like, they've came with a lot of hype and they've just not been able to adapt. So it is a bit of a problem. Um, and you see these players, Rangers are loaning them out and then after that they're getting let go. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Because um, the likes of Tony West and Cole McKinnon, even uh, the boy last season, Allegria, such such high hopes were made of them, but they just didn't turn out. So, yeah. Um, so, Ian, uh, before we, we kind of wrap things up on this show, um, what is it that, that's needed now from a, a support to really get behind Thistle for, for next season and, and what's needed? Um, obviously, your statement during the week stated that had it not been for obviously the, the trip to Ibrox in the season and the, 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 the cash injection from that Scottish Cup tie, uh, you would have been reporting a, a loss in the, the accounts for next year. So um, what does that look like going in, into next season? Because certainly the, the budget doesn't look overly promising from, from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I think the important point to, to make here is that since um, our own statement and the club statement, the response of the fans has been absolutely incredible. Um, we've sold a thousand season tickets uh, in three days, which is completely unheard of for us. Um, and that, and you know, and a lot of people said, "Ah, oh, you you shouldn't have made the financial statement because you're showing your hand to other clubs and other and players, and players will be scared to come." And I, and I, and I think, well, that's one that's that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is there's no way that we would have sold that many season tickets this early without the financial transparency um, from the club and ourselves. Um, the Jags Foundation have also seen uh, 250 new members uh, since since that news came out. Um, so that's 250 people paying £10 a month to us, which will ultimately go to the club. Um, so we've been able to commit um, you know, £170,000 a year extra income to the club. Um, we've given them uh, £50,000 of that up front already this week. So, um, yeah, listen, it could be tough, um, but things are certainly looking a lot better um, than they were uh, three days ago or four or five days ago. Um, and I think it's a good example to other clubs, to be honest with you, because I think so many boards um, at clubs, at football clubs, they, they, they don't like to, to, to let things get out. They they want to internalise everything and try and sort it out themselves um, because they're worried about the flack they're going to get from fans. But I think the honesty we've shown has been paid back because I think and I think it's shown if you're honest with fans and you treat them like adults, then they will respond. Because we all love our clubs. 
and we'd all do, we'll all do anything we can to protect them and to help them thrive. And so I think the fact that we were able to do that early, um, if we'd waited another two or three months, who knows, it might have been too late. But um, the club have already came out and said that there's no short-term uh, financial uh, issues now. Um, and I think with the season that we've had, all the new members that we've had, people are supporting the club in other ways. People are going to jump on player sponsorship. People are going to jump on hospitality. Um, you know, I'm 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 certainly feeling a lot more positive than I was uh, a week ago. So you know, it, there's no there's no getting away from it. It could be tough, um, mainly because of the how strong the league's going to be this year. But um, I'm certainly feeling a lot better about things. Gary, a big point I would like to make, following on Ian's point, is you talk about transparency with clubs and stuff, and Ian's obviously said how well we've reacted. The big point I would make about that, look at the difference in Rangers and the feeling about Rangers in the last couple of months since the changes been made at the board. Look at the difference in the feeling around the place. You've got the likes of the Union Bears finally getting their trial match behind the goal. You've got things happening at the club that you, you've been asking for for years, etc. Once you're honest and once there's that transparency between the fans and the club, at the end of the day, football without the fans is nothing. There is a huge, huge difference. And I think Partick Thistle are very well known for doing that. However, with certain parties in recent years, there wasn't that. And that's that's where the problems kind of arose from. And then obviously you had that uh, due diligence wasn't like Thistle, a club known for transparency, was saying that we couldn't get the due diligence. That's kind of where the kick up came from. So it just raises a point of football fans need to know what's happening at the club. And if they don't, problems will be caused. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, as I say, from, from the outside, the championship's always a, a very fun league to, to probably watch probably less fun for you guys at, at the coalface uh, on a week to week basis with it but because of how competitive it is it's the type of league where you can look at probably aside from our growth last season everyone was in with a shout at some point of, of trying to get something out of it and there's always something riding on all the games there which makes it a very good league to probably sell tickets for because generally you're going to get a a decent product, you're going to get a competitive game, you're going to get players that are of a, a decent standard, of a decent level, played on decent pitches as well. Um, with Hamilton obviously going down, so that, that'll help on that respect <laughs> as well for yourselves. But it's something that people will always get a good day out, coming to Firhill or, or travelling across the country to support you for next season. So I'll certainly be kind of watching out to see how the season goes for you. Thank you very much. Well, we we'll be hoping that we can go again. But as for now, it's just it, it's good to see the reaction of our fans. I mean, Ian said that this time last week. I've never felt anything like that in my life. And then to get the double whammy of seeing that, obviously we've known for quite a while with Chinese whispers around the club that there was financial issues and stuff, but. To actually see that statement where the club are basically saying help us. I'm seeing statements of people actually tweeting with things like save the Jags and stuff and it it was a very scary time. But see the thing is as well, it's not over because we are still in debt. It's, we still need a lot of help 
However, it's just not as bad as it, as it was because of the reaction the fans have given, which has just been unbelievable in the space of a couple of days. Yeah, and I think hopefully you'll be able to kind of carry on that sort of feel-good factor. I know that the result didn't go your way last weekend, but certainly the mobilisation of the support and, and getting behind the team, I think that that's certainly something that, that you'll all do for a, a certainly a push uh, towards promotion again in, in 12 months' time. Uh, and I think certainly from a from the perspective here of the site and the fourth official, uh, we'll certainly look to, to get you, you lads back on again uh, throughout next season uh, to keep us updated on how things are going um, over Mary Hill Way. Yeah, thanks very much. It's uh, great, great to be on. And it's great. It's, I, I do like it when fans of other clubs take an interest in, in other clubs because I think um, there by the grace of God go go you, you know, when you see a club in trouble. Um, and I think it's an example to everyone. Um, when when a club's in trouble, it, it, you know, it, that could easily be you or me next week um, or any club. Um, and, you know, the, the rivalry is good and that's what the part of the game's about. But when, when clubs are genuinely in trouble and um, and it, it's, it, it's, it, it's heartbreaking when it's just certain individuals who've brought the club to the brink um, and not the fans themselves. Um, and that, that that's what always gets me. It's, uh, that's why... I'm now such a big advocate of fan ownership because at least if we make an ass of it ourselves, then we've got no one else to blame. But when it's just these individuals, uh, scrupulous individuals who get involved in football, um, they don't always have the club's best interests at heart. And I think um, we've always got to be vigilant and and, and protect our clubs uh, for these people because it was the fans that started the clubs. And it'll always be us that's left to pick up the pieces um, after these characters have gone. No, 100%. Um, certainly, uh, I can give testament to that in terms of uh, where we've been in, in recent years. So, no, big thank you to, to both of you, Ian Blair, for, for your time uh, this evening. Really, really interesting chat. And as I say, we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch uh, throughout the season uh, in terms of how things are going. Uh, really good to speak with you both. Thank, thank you. Thank you.